2018, my very first Social Proof Podcast interview was this young lady, Melissa Mitchell. People say that creatives don't make money and people who make money aren't all that creative. But Melissa Mitchell has done both. She has taken the art, the expression, the life, the emotions, all the things that art creates and has turned it into an empire. Her art is now in Foot Lockers across the country. Melissa landed a 100 Foot Locker store deal. I had to transition from feeling like I was an artist and realize that I was a movement. I had to realize that I was an entrepreneur, I was a businesswoman, that art just happened to be my my mode of transportation. Yeah. Let's talk about her deal with Ford, where she keeps getting these vehicles from Ford for absolutely free. So I sold people me. I sold people hope, and I sold them my story. 2014, this young lady started as an artist, and you would not believe where this journey has taken her. This thing has exploded. She had the number one selling panty and bra combination that Spanx has ever had. I know that relation with Sarah Blakely is thriving. The art of a black woman on a multi-billion dollar company? This is incredible. The brands love the, the genius behind the colors, but they love that I am able to connect with people on a very intrinsic way. Through the death of her father and her grandma, that is the thing that birthed greatness. I like to say I'm an artist by mistake. Um, one day during a snowstorm. In an area called the Sun Belt in a city known as Hotlanta, ice caused a meltdown. The winter storm that brought snow and ice to the south yesterday stranded thousands, bumper to bumper, hour after hour, on roads so slippery, cars and trucks could not get traction. 2014, you know, picking up that brush, God was like, I'm going to blow your mind. And it was beyond anything that I could ever imagine. You have to tune into this episode. If you are creative, if you have an idea, if you are losing motivation, you're losing inspiration, you're losing sight of the dream, this is the episode you need to watch in its entirety. Let's okay. do this. All right, everybody good? Phones on silent? Good, good. Yes, just in case. Do you need tissue? Probably. I'm you like plan on crying now? I'm just overwhelmed, like, with gratitude, like. I remember one time Bruh. you were talking and you said, you said, like, the sun was, like, it, it was, like, going down. You could see it in the distance and you started crying. I'm tearing up now. Yeah. Like, the level of what I thought God was going to do and he superseded that. Like from me just randomly touching a paintbrush and a box in the garage. Yeah. And I built a literal empire where I'm able to buy my mom like a car, buy my own house, buy like I've manifested three car deals, free cars since I've sat in this chair. I remember you did the one. Oh, Ford. oh I've my God. Cadillac yes. and now about to be Toyota. Why do these people keep giving you cars? Look at me. Look at you. I mean, that is no, really. The lady was like, this car looks like you. Like we have, we've tried to find someone that looked like this car and you look like this car. Okay, so first off, the interview started already. Um, <laughs> but this is Melissa Mitchell. And this was episode number one of the Social Brew Podcast. She was the very first episode ever. So we can give that a round of applause. And she's back. That was 2018. September 20th. I just saw it on the... Um... September 20th, 2018. It's crazy. Man. My grandmother had just died. And I was so full of like, what is my life going to be? Yeah. I've watched three of the most important people in my life get zipped up in a bag. And 
as emotional as that was, I'm like, everybody's crying. Their obituaries are two pages long. Like, am I going to just be known for the girl who worked in IT for the government? Like, is that it? And I think every time I suffered a loss, um, of course, that grief was like a, it was almost like somebody put gas back in my tank. Because I'm like, I got to rush to that dash. Like, if it's 1982 to what? Like, that dash had to get some gas to it. And so... I'm very emotional all the time because I'm like, not only am I the culmination of prayers, I'm culmination of lives that have been ended. And so I got more life because they, their lives ended. Mm. So now I'm like, okay, grandma died at 68. Another died at 79. My dad died at 53. So like if I'm 41 right now, what is my dash going to look like? So when you're living with that in the back of your mind, so people live to live. I'm living to die peacefully, but to also to die colorfully mm-hmm. and to die full of memory. Yeah. And so every time I walk in a room, I fill it up with me. So when I leave it, they're like, well, who was that girl? Like, what, what's her story, <laughs> right? And so as soon as I walked in, everybody's like, whoa. And I was like, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it did. But it's also when I leave, my spirit will linger. And that's what I want to leave the earth with. I want to leave a lingering, right? And so I didn't know what that would look like. So 2014, you know, picking up that brush, God was like, I'm going to blow your mind. And it was beyond anything that I could ever imagine. And it wasn't, you weren't like trained as an artist. No. Right? It's just picking up a brush, Mm-mm. stroke here, this looks good. And it, your, Make it pretty. your <laughs> abstract um, style just continued to evolve. Yeah. And... Um, do you still work in IT? You said what? You still working in IT? Oh, no, you know I walked out of there. I'm just double checking. Okay, no, I walked out Because last time you were here, you did have a job, and, you know, we, we would talk a lot about kind of yeah. the, the job situation, and um, just to see almost five years later how things have blossomed. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this is incredible. Yeah. So So tell for those that don't know, introduce yourself and what you do. Okay, I'm Melissa A. Mitchell. I have to say the A to respect my daddy because we all have his same initials. Um, and so just to do a small rewind, 2014, pick up a brush during that infamous snowstorm. It was right before Valentine's Day, and I was semi-depressed because I didn't have a man, but I still felt <laughs> excited because I was locked in the house. And somebody like me that's a busy bee, like, I can't leave the house, the electricity going out. And I'm like, all these boxes, yeah. so I'm cleaning up. And literally a paintbrush falls out. It's like, oh, like, God, you know, so falls out the box, pick it up. And at the time I'm living at home. So I'm already feeling I ain't got no man. I'm living at home. I work in this job. I'm literally a robot like everybody at work who hates their job. At least I got a check. And so pick up that brush and I start chronicling it on social media. And that was when I had, I think, 200 followers. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that. Yep. And 200 folks was like, girl, you got it going on. I was like, thanks, y'all. Whatever. You know? <laughs> but then somebody sent me $20. I said, oh, I think I'm, got, I think I'm an artist. <laughs> and so I do that 30 or 40 times. And I was able to, um, my first, first fruit offering was to pay my mom's mortgage. Mm-hmm. So I accumulated all my sales. And I said, mom, I don't know where this is going, but I need to sow in good ground. Mm-hmm. So I give her my first like big check. That was like $300, you know, that was a lot of money because again, this is just something I'm doing because I'm still collecting my little check from the government. So I'm like, I'm fine. You know, then I was like, I feel good doing this. You know, I'm going to therapy, you know, and then also painting. And then I could feel my dad in the room and he's been gone at that point for four or five years. And I was like, wait a minute, this might be like, I'm channeling something. And so I turned my entrepreneur hat on 
get my LLC, get my website, do all these different things and get the bright idea that I need to start wearing my art because folk weren't buying it like they were on the internet in 2014. Mm, yeah. And so I started wearing it. And then I realized that people were remembering what I was wearing more than who I was. And so if good thing I- a bad thing. That's good because yeah. I'm selling it now, right? Yeah. So they're like, well, those pants you had on, I'm literally, it, last week, I'm, I'm a, I'm a um, gardener. I'm in- Home Depot, bending over, getting some uh, soil. They say, hey, I was like, I don't do. Oh, I said, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's trying to get my attention because I had on a pair of my leggings. She mm -hmm. said, I just need to know where you got these pants from. I don't even know, need to know your name, but I have my QR code on my watch. Mm -hmm. So she went to my website and bought the pants wow. while we're in the middle of Home Depot. And when moments like that happen, I said, it may not make sense to everybody else. But it may make sense to one person. And that one person turned into millions. Wow. Of course. And so fast forward to 2023, God has blown my mind. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen you do collaborations with um, Spanx. Yes. I saw you do collaborations yes. with Ford. Yes. So how did how did your very first sponsorship come? Because, I mean, as an artist, you think of an artist, you think, okay, well, you sell yeah. painting. And there's always this other word that says, Associated with artists, which is starving, and I'm not starving. Clearly, uh, eating good yeah, out eating here, eating real good since last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, did you when you start picked up the paintbrush, and obviously, you know, people start paying. Did you? When did you start seeing yourself as an artist? I think for me, it wasn't. I had to get beyond validation because whether people buy it or not, you still have to. You still have to feel like you're a star. Yeah. And I had to transition from feeling like I was an artist and realize that I was a movement. I had to realize that I was an entrepreneur. I was a businesswoman. That art just happened to be my, my mode of transportation. Yeah. My dad's biggest motivators were drug dealers. In the neighborhood, he said their drive and their hunger is like nothing I've ever seen. You just got to change your product. Mm. So I'm a dope girl selling art, right? So I had to channel that like, oh, that hustle, like, <laughs> you know, you, you get them pulled in with the eyes. Well, by the way, this $500. He's like, yeah. okay, let me, <laughs> let me find a way to buy it from you. And so I always remember that is that it's not about so much the product. It's about you selling the product. So I mm. sold people me. I sold people hope and I sold them my story. And so all along, um, the brands love the, the genius behind the colors, but they love that I am able to connect with people on a very intrinsic way. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, one day you're going to grow up and be just like me. No, you're going to grow up and be just like you. Yeah. And that's why I avoid a lot of these uh, conferences that tell people, do one, two, three, you're going to be just like me. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you ain't going to be like me because this is what yeah. God gave me. Sure. And so I teach people to empower themselves. And so I think people fall in love with me and my spirit. And those one or two followers that follow you on um, IG are usually ones that are decision makers for companies. Mm -hmm. So we picked up in 2018 while I won the Spanx contest. Little did I know and that- What was the Spanx contest? The Spanx contest was where everyone around the world had to send in three designs to possibly have their own bra and underwear combination. It was called the Illuminate Her contest. I submitted, computer crashed, had my sister to submit her computer crashes, so I'm like, well, child, they don't want, they don't want me to win. Wow. I'm done with it. So I get a DM on my lunch break at work. I'm like, why is Spanx DM? I'm like, okay, all right, yep, send y'all $9.95. Get, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking it's a joke. She's like, no, this is so-and-so. I'm the VP of marketing. You're our top candidate. We've been trying to reach Melissa Mitchell because it was going to spam because, of course, even my computer think it was a joke. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, wait a minute. No, 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 this is me. So I, I call her. I was like, hey, can I call? I'm calling the office now. She's yeah, you're the top candidate. Um, 
you know, you're now in a global contest. So, you know, I'm a, a HBCU graduate. I said, oh, I'm going to win. So I'm already preparing what I'm aware to the show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to win this. So long story short, I win. Mm-hmm. Um, number one selling bra and panty combo. I believe it sold out now because that was four years ago. Wow. So Sarah Blakely was not supposed to be in the country. She flew back to meet me personally. Wow. So I'm laughing and talking and I'm getting emotional now. I turn around. I see black trucks show up. I'm like, girl, I ain't. I hope this ain't my ex coming to check, you know, to show out. Like, who is this? <laughs> Sarah Blakely walks out. I've heard so much about you. I'm so excited about your journey. And she shakes my hand. I'm like, you, th- you can't wait to meet me, girl. I can't wait to meet you. Right. Now, mind you, uh, before podcasts or podcasts, my car has been my classroom my entire life. So I'm listening to Sarah Blakely every week talk about wow. how she's a self-made billionaire, Florida girl, went to FSU, sold fax machine. I mean, I know her whole story, know about her kids, know how she met her husband. And I was like, Sarah, you don't realize what you standing here. This All this is cool. But being able to manifest a person that you listen to that encourage you to get to this point is like a whole nother level. And so when she walked in, I told God, I said, if you could do this, you can do anything. And that gave me like wings like no other. So I, you know, that story, I'm re-encouraging myself because. At this point, you still got a job, yes? Oh, I'm still at the job. I'm on, I'm at my lunch break talking to these people, (laughs) right? And so speaking of that job, you know, pandemic hits. 2020 I'm still working this job and I was like I'm letting these people control me in my own house I'm working from home so you and you controlling me job in 2020 I still had my Yo, job I'm watching your journey 18, I still 19 all that still getting that check still getting that check and that good them good benefits that held me hostage because when I call HR and find out how much my life insurance costed how much my health insurance, I was like, I could pay this mm-hmm. with two or three pieces of artwork and I paid it up for a year. I was like, oh, I'm about to get out of here. So I'm still letting these people abuse me like I'm in a bad marriage, right? <laughs> so 2021 hits, it's January. I had an eyebrow appointment. Well, you need to do this. I'm like, I'm not canceling this eyebrow appointment again. Now these folks get on my nerves. I said, yeah, I'm about to quit. She said, oh yeah, we'll call you. I said, no, 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 I'm quitting. This is like at 11.04 a.m. Oh, wow. I said, no, I'm quitting. She said, oh, because I had an appointment at one o'clock because in my mind, I'm going to go to lunch, do my eyebrows. She's like, yeah, well, you need to be on the call or else. I said, or else what? I said, oh, these people don't know who I am. Mm. And then God says to me, you don't know who you are. And I sat in that in my house office, you know, I'm in my own house. These people are controlling me on an invisible string in my own home that God built for me. And I said, this is it. And I want to say it was like January 29th or something because everything was 11. Like I remember the number sequence. And I was like, yeah, I'm quitting. And so the lady was like, oh, you're so dramatic. I was like, yeah, I'm quitting. Call HR, signed off my computer, closed it, pulled all the plugs out, wrapped it up, and went and got my eyebrows done and never looked back. We got Michael McDonald. He is the silent partner of Earn Your Leisure, InvestFest, a whole EYL network. Everything that they do, there's a guy behind the scenes that is really pushing the buttons. And he doesn't get enough credit for it. Do you think that Michael Jordan would be as successful without you? No. Whoa! They say like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. But still better than a master of one, right? That was me. I had to do lighting. I had to do sound. I had to do the cameras. I had to do the emails, the customer support. I was was everything. I was doing every component of the business. What eventually happened was we started to delegate. And what I'm great at is building these things, like putting things in place. There's no way that we can get to the level we want to get to if we don't delegate. That's why we have five eight-figure businesses, right? Because we have a bunch of different people. five eight-figure businesses? Whoa! You want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. 
A lot of people remember, my podcast was actually on the Earn Your Leisure Network. And everybody kept asking me, why did you leave? Why did you leave? Why did you leave? It was because of Mike. It should have just been me and you. 12 o'clock at night, I'm upset. He texts me, Rashad, and Troy. And that just pissed me off. Mike invited me to fight him. I felt like, are you trying to like get me in trouble or trying to like, like I was like supporting or something where I was like, like this is my network, I'm an owner. Like, you know, I'm not like a little, little guy, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, yo, what you gonna do about it? I'm looking at the phone like. <laughs> when I had my son, it changed everything for me. There were times where I had to sleep in my car, I had to take a shower in a, in a, in a gas station, things like that. I no longer can depend on someone else to, to supply money in my pocket. The person coming from the background, coming to the forefront, could pose a problem. This is an episode where you're gonna wanna watch the whole thing, okay? Don't skip around, don't jump to the middle, don't jump to the end, don't leave early. You need this whole game. I really got the game from him. I learned so much in this episode, and so will you. So let me, first off, we can clap that up. Um, what is business like at this point? Booming. It's booming. And I say that confidently because even if I don't sell nothing today, I've made so many contacts and business opportunities have just come to me out of nowhere. Well, I'm sorry, not today, but at the point where you quit your job. Oh, it was, it was doing okay. It wasn't that great. I had money in the bank, but the piece that I was being robbed of literally was not worth mm. what they were giving me. And as an artist, because I'm so spiritual and emotional, I was so drained that I couldn't create. And I was like, they can't oh, wow. take this gift from me by going to this job. And, I, and God was like, if you really trust me, are you really, are you really ready to run? And so I quit. My, my last day was February 11th, which was the anniversary of when I first picked up the brush. I purposely did everything in sequence. Last day was February 11th. Um, I had no plan. Had money in the bank, paid up my insurance to make sure everything was good, but I had no plan. Did so you consider your financial situation? I had a lot of money, when though. You said, when you say a lot of money. I mean, six figures in the bank. It was Saved. enough. Saved. Where you get it from? All of these deals. Because I remember I had a full-time job. So you got your full-time job and you're getting art deals. I had all this money saved, right? Mm. And so, and I got expensive shoe habit. I said, now this money is cool, but it's going to run out the way I like it. Because I wasn't stopping how I was going to live. Because yeah. all that dollar a day, I ain't doing none of that. That ain't, mm. my, that ain't my calling. So mm. I'm still eating out, still, you know, hanging with friends. But again, this is post-pandemic. So my real reason for quitting was I didn't know what the world would look like. And I really didn't want this job to be in my obituary. I was like, I would not want to die with, and she worked at dot, dot, dot. I was like, oh, these, they ain't getting that kind of credit. Wow. And so when I decided to quit, I think my biggest thing was, you know, what's next? Had no plan. Um, I met a boy. Mm. And um, like our third date, I was like, I'm going to Phoenix, Arizona to get my mind right. At this point, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. He was like, well, I'm going with you. And I was like, I think I lost my mind, but you can come too. So <laughs> we go to Phoenix. I mean, it was a great time. It wasn't even about the physical stuff. I just needed a partner to like take my pictures really. But <laughs> we go there and again, I'm a sun chaser. And I was like staying, he was like, the, the sun behind you is like, God, is, you can look like arms behind me. I have to show you the picture. And I was like, God is saying, I'm going to be okay. So we get back and I paint every day. Every day I'm just making random paintings in my mind. So fast forward, you know, Atlanta influences everything. Bim Joyner, he invites me to come show some art at Atlantic Station. They did a pop-up. 
So I'm carrying a piece out of the car, but the painting is facing the window. And so I'm walking past the window and a lady comes running out. Oh, my God, I'm your biggest fan. You know, we in masks. I'm like, OK, girl. I'm like, what you want? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. I'm your biggest fan. You have to meet my husband. I was like, OK, girl, what's your husband? Oh, he's the president of Clark Atlanta. Wow. I was like, hey, husband. <laughs> and so but this whole time, Bim is waiting for me to bring the painting. So he's standing outside the door. So he comes out and I'm like, oh, you know, so nice to meet you. You know, HBCU, we, you know, we exchanged all the uh, salutations. I was like, well, God told me to give you this painting. This is a five thousand dollar painting. Mind you, I'm not working. I'm like, why am are I your giving this painting away? Five thousand dollars. Oh, mine are. Yes, they are. Go so crazy. I, I, I say, I, so that's one of the smaller ones. So I just <laughs> my bills what? are real now. So every painting, mortgage, car note. So that's the name of the painting. So in my heart, I'm like, I'm gonna give this painting to him. So Bim is like, yo, you got a good heart. I'm like, yeah, Bim. You know, I need some money. You know, whatever. He's like, nah, like. You got a good heart. I'm about to do something for you. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, well, I got a colleague. So Bim is a, his last name is Joiner. I say he's a joiner. He likes to join people. So he's like, I got somebody I want you to meet. I'm like, okay, you know, introduce me. I was like, is he cute? He said, nah, not like that. I was like, oh, and then we're trying to, who you introduce me to? What happened to the little boy at the, at the I, I ain't married. So anyway, <laughs> so he's like, I want to put you in a text message. I'm like, child, Bim is just so extra. It is the regional director for Foot Locker. Wow. He is looking for a black female designer to debut the next collection for like global distribution. So because I was painting every day for the past two months at this point, I had a collection ready within 10 minutes to to present to him. So this was like a Thursday. By Monday, I was in a meeting with the VP of women's, um, the VP of sales. And I got a deal by that Tuesday with Foot Locker. And what is the deal? The deal is to... Have Design my clothes their in shoes. No, no, no. I'm in store. So okay. all of this loudness. The apparel. The apparel. So I have Melissa Mitchell is on tags in apparel on apparel in the store. Oh wow. So I didn't have to wait for a Nike. I didn't have to wait for Adidas. I didn't have to wait for Pumas. That's Melissa incredible. Mitchell is next to Pumas and Adidas in the store. That's incredible. To this day. So I'm actually meeting with them again, like in three days. Really? For my fifth collection. So they read up five t- let me ask you this. There's a business podcast. What are some of the terms of the deal? And did you get Kanye Wested? No, I own everything. And that was that, that was my thing because I was waiting for it. So on my phone, I have Puma. Like, I have a dream board on my phone. So I'm waiting for Puma to call. I'm like, they need to call me. Like, uh, you know, Ivy Park is cool, but they need ABL creation. You know, mm. I'm talking my talk to God. God is like, okay, right? <laughs> and so all along, I'm waiting for a Nike to call me. And I probably would have been paid for the design, but I wouldn't have gotten paid for the entire deal. So for this, it was more so I was now an actual vendor. So they're buying from me, not from my, not my design. Got so it. if the bras are a dollar a piece, you know what I mean? Like I can't go deep, deep, deep. But yeah. if they're buying from me directly, like there's no middleman, there's no pay David and pay Melissa. It's Melissa and Foot Locker. So they're carrying your brand. You're not designing for them. No, no, no. It's, it's my brand in the store. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So now I'm in the stores. Yeah. On my own. Not, not, no, no strings attached to anybody else. How many stores? Um, I mean, it's, it's around the country. So let's say a hundred. I don't know. Really? At this point, it's a lot. I was literally getting DMs from somebody from Hawaii She's like, hey, I'm in the store now. I found you because my QR code is on everything, mm-hmm. right? She's like, I found your website. I'm about to buy all your other stuff too. So I'm getting residual business from one collection being in the store. Now I have people that are now connected to me for a lifetime because they're like, oh, you're, you're my person. Like you're, oh, my, my you're my Versace. 
you're my, you know, go-to brand. And I just email somebody and she's like, well, when you coming out with this, like I, and I have a personal relationship with a lot of my people that call, like they text me directly. And I was like, girl, just take my number. So this, so the, um, the Spanx deal yeah. came from you submitting, submitting and dope. Yeah. And the foot locker yes. deal came from, uh, someone you had, an, uh, you had a connection with that person yes. and you know, you got a, a deal there. Yeah. Uh, Ford, how'd you get that deal? I won that. I won a car. What? How'd you win it though? I mean, so I think shortly after that, I was in the middle of it. I don't think I had won it yet. I didn't win it until December of that year. So basically it was a contest of 10 of the top female entrepreneurs. They flew us out to Essence Fest. I was up against Lip Bar. I was up against Honey Pot, this applesauce lady, all of these brands. And I'm like, girl, I ain't got no blue. And this is when blue shacks is blue shacks. Right. I ain't had no blue shack. I was like, I ain't gonna win this, but I'm gonna smile real big on camera. <laughs> So my mom was like, you think you're going to win a car? And at this point, I got check engine light on. I don't change the back tire full time. Wow. Like, it's just too much. And I was like, God, I actually need a car. This is not a want right now. This is a need. And so um, the executive assistant called me. She said, have you driven a Ford before? I was like, my dad, my dad was a Ford car salesman. Mm. So I was like, dad, nah, I don't really ask for much since you ain't sent the husband. <laughs> at least let me win this car. And so I ended up winning it that December shortly after I had the interview. Um, I won the car for three years and then it led me right up into pandemic. Mm. So this story going to blow your mind. Talk to me. So it's time for me to turn the Ford in because it was a three year lease. Mm. And I said, Lord, I need a car. So I'm going to go big. I want infinity. I want the biggest one they got because it was only girly truck that had a big enough trunk. Mm. So I, I have on a shirt, I never forget, it was like November 19th, and I had a shirt that says, buy from a black woman. And I sat in front of Atlantic Station, because at that time I was at, uh, I was being sold in Atlantic State, I mean, um, Pont City Market. And I looked at the thing, I said, Infinity Dealership, and the Infinity Dealership off Car Parkway was 11 miles away. You know, 11 is my number. I always look for signs. I said, this is the one I'm going to. I said, I need a black female car salesperson. They're like, girl. It's a lady in the back. So I'm, you know, unassuming. She said, well, what you doing in here? I got on a, a I got on an aqua blue fur coat, pair of leggings. You know, I'm, I'm loud. She's like, girl, who this drug dealer girlfriend coming in here? <laughs> and so I walk in and I says, I need to buy a truck. I said, I got about 20K I could put down. You know, I'm ready. I'm talking real cashy. She was like, yeah, I hear all that, but she don't need you no infinity. I was like, I, I need an infinity. She's like, no, I think you need like a Cadillac. I was like, well, this ain't a Cadillac dealership. I came from Infinity. She says, no, I want to introduce you to my daughter, who is a VP of Cadillac. She said, don't buy a car today. Talk to her first. Her daughter calls me. At this point, my uncle had just passed away. So I was headed to Miami. I was like, I need a car. Like, I literally physically need a car. And she's like, her daughter calls me. She says, hey, I'm so-and-so. I work for Cadillac. She said, we're looking for influencers to take Cadillac Escalades for about a really? year or two. What? So they give me, they have a Cadillac Escalade delivered to my house within two weeks. Free of charge. Right, so hold on, hold on one second. Because in the interview, I promise. I am looking for I promise. strategy on how to get these sponsorships and these deals. I wish I had a strategy for you. Come on, talk to me. Talk no, to I, me. And, I, and, I, and I struggle with this because someone invited me to a conference. I'm like, y'all. I'm gonna get up there and talk about God. Y'all gonna be mad at me because I real and I and I say that with all honesty because I there is something so special in my life because I've completely submitted to God, and it's not something that can be replicated, poured into bottles, given out. Um, I really believe that people have to find God for themselves, and I think that 
that illumination of, on my life is because of that. And it's I'm and I'm not no holy roller at all. I, when I leave here, I'm probably gonna listen to Trick Daddy as I always do. <laughs> um, cuss real bad, like tattoos, all of that. But I, when you have that, it's like cuss real bad. No, I do, I do. And it, I try to I try to get myself together, but it's tough. My grandma's fault. Um, she left her spirit with me. But I do believe that when you have a determination to get to a finish line, no matter how you get there, you'll get there. And I told God I want to, you know, boom, boom, boom. I was like, well, have you do it? It's fine. It's like me ordering a pizza and I don't call them no more. You, when you order your pizza, you don't keep calling Pizza Hut. Yeah. You got you got black peppers. You like you ordered it at ten o'clock. We'll we make it. That's that's what we do. We make pizzas. God mm-hmm. make pizzas. <laughs> Leave God alone. I don't call and ask if you have enough sauce. I don't ask if you have oregano. God is like literally. You put your ingredients. So I trust God with my pizza, mm. right? And so however that piece is made, I don't know what kind of oven y'all got. I don't know the temperature. I know that my piece will be delivered at some point. So when it comes to my life and my strategy, I ask God to be debt free, which I'm not because I I like to shop. So that's kind of like a give (laughs) and take. But money keeps showing up. Opportunities keep showing up. And I think as a business owner, you write your goals down, but you need to also have a blank sheet of paper for how it's going to happen. And even on my dream board, I have all of these things listed. You know, I want this, I want that. But I literally have a post-it note that's empty to leave room for God to do the impossible. And I think people are so stuck on this list, this list. Like, even when it comes to dating, if he ain't this, he ain't that. But it's like, well, what if you have a man that is a mechanic that saves you thousands of dollars on your car, on y'all car? So if y'all have a fleet of Cadillacs, you saving ten grand because your man know how to fix a car, but you ain't want no mechanic. When he grab you, you still got them nails with the oil, and that's fine. But we have, but I, but I like, I like doing nails. Okay, and I have the uh, the manicure stuff at the house. Mm-hmm. So if you find a woman that has that that desire to do certain things, it matches a man that has those things. What's up, podcaster or soon to be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on social proof podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket and in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. 
How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, booth thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal that will don't come out though i mean it will, <laughs> it will. so Eventually. what is okay so you're still single to this day ish yep kind of kind of yep yep, yep. Are you in a, is, is there somebody in the world that thinks yes. they're in a committed relationship yes. with you? Okay. <laughs> How long has this been going on? Um, Two years. Girl, you've taken. I mean, I guess. Are options open still? Possibly. Really? Yeah. He's watching. <laughs> Sit, let's go. He's watching this. And I say, I want to talk about this on and camera. And what is he thinking? What do you think? What do you think he's thinking while um, he's watching this? I think, and I and I don't talk about my relationships on, on camera on purpose because it'll end up going viral like some folks that talk about love. I think relationships should be whatever feeds your spirit daily. And my spirit is being fed adequately, and that's enough. And I think when I turned 40, I thought marriage, kids, and all that would be my, like, dolly. Like, that was my, like, grand pooba of accomplishments. But then I turned on my phone and I'm on a billboard in Times Square. I have hundreds of thousands of people telling me that because of me, they're, they're not giving up. Um, I have friends that are secretly messaging me saying that because of you, I kept going. And that became my like, if, if God pulled the plug today, that would be enough. And I listened to an amazing podcast today about this little boy who was four years old. He was completely blind. And this speaker had been told that he's going blind soon. He said, well, I'm not going blind on time soon. So he ended up being matched with this little boy mm -hmm. in the school. And so the teacher said, well, we don't have a position for you, but there's a four-year-old boy here who's blind, who can't tie a shoe, and he probably will never be able to walk the stairs. And so he was partnered with this little boy. And, of course, eventually he learns how to do all these things. But then the man goes blind. And then he goes to the school and goes to submit his resignation. And the little boy, because, you know, they're both blind. They can't see each other. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, why are you giving up? You told me I, I would be able to do it. Why can't you do it? And then the little boy dies six days later. Mm. 
And he takes that little boy story and now I'm bringing it here. He said that that four-year-old boy, that, at that time he was seven, that seven-year-old boy's life meant more than those seven years than he could ever understand. Because the teacher was like, well, I wish he would have lived a full life. And the, the guy who spoke, he said, no, his life lives on. And I believe that God has given us all something that will live on regardless if we meet all of these major goals that we think life is. And so when I think about relationships, um, a lot of my girlfriends are, you know, struggling and dating is this and dating is that. I've never confessed that dating is hard. I meet a man everywhere I go. I don't ever have a problem meeting a man. And I say that because I am so enigmatic that people are like, well, what, what's her story? And whether it's romantic or not, I, I'm a people connector. I don't mind connecting with people. And I think when you look at dating as a connection and an assignment, it's bigger than sexual or romantic. It is an assignment. Mm. And so we were talking about earlier, marriage is so important to me because I was there when my mom had to put the do not resuscitate bracelet on my father. And I was like, you know, mom, why would you do? She said, these were his wishes. She said, as a woman, I can't selfishly keep him here so as to watch him and take and take away from whatever reward that God has for me on the other side. And with him dying, I do believe that opened up a world of faith for all of us because he's not here. So we're constantly seeking where he's at. Right. And so when it comes to my relationships, can a man come into my life and make sure that Melissa Mitchell lives on? Like every day you hear me say Michael Mitchell, that's my father's name. I continue to echo his name in the earth. And so with dating, don't date for right now. Date for when you're gone. And that's how I date. Don't date for right now. Date for when you're gone. But you don't date for marriage necessarily? Well, I'm talking about the person that you're dating, right? Yeah. Like they're serious dating. When you get to the last candidate or two, mm -hmm. can you really trust that this person will make sure that David will live on? If you meet someone very interesting, electrifying today, do yeah. you entertain it? Yeah, why not? Because you got somebody. I mean, we have conversations. I mean, he, we're not in a a binding relationship, right? Because he's not totally ready for that. And I don't know if I am either. And I thought I was. Mm. And I think that my art was my spouse for so long that I had to carve out space for that because it was such a, and I think with people it's easier to think that you can control them, but you can't, but with art, I can't, I can pick up a brush right now and control what ends up on the, on the canvas. Yeah. You can't do that with people. That's a fact. And I think that for a long time I thought I could, I can manifest anything I want. Why isn't a man walking through here that six so-and-so with tattoos on it? You know, why, why is that? And God is like, that's not how this works. You want them with tattoos on their neck. I mean, maybe behind his ear. It's not bad. Okay. <laughs> you know? I didn't know that was on the board. Like, I mean, you know, tattoos on I don't mind, neck, I don't mind tattoos. I love tattoos. Oh, for sure. So. I didn't know if it was on your vision. Tattoos are nice to have. I like, yeah. I like body art. You like, oh, you like, oh, I have like, I have like 13 tattoos. You can't see them. Really? Yeah. But yeah, they're everywhere. But they're, they're dainty and they're meaningful. <laughs> Yeah. You got, do you have like, are they all small, the 13, or you got like some big ones somewhere? Medium to small, yeah. But I, I like, like, me, like I went to manifested a trip to Israel last year. So I wrote an essay. First like, off, if, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want, because I know, I know Reese is waiting for me. I'm not getting into the manifestation conversation. Oh. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because we're going to sit here for an hour. I won't do it. And I have a relationship with this manifestation word. So you know, I, I, that, that, was, that segue was just for Reese because I know he's waiting for me to but say. But the name of our podcast episode was the art. Wasn't it Art of Manifest? How to Manifest or something? Was it? Our, our podcast title was Manifestation or something like that. Mm. A manifestation of a dream. Uh, yes. 
And I'm literally walking that every day. I yeah. I, I just I have a relationship with the word. What time is it right so, now? Okay. I thought it was a number going on. Okay. So yeah. long story short, I am in Israel at this point. And we go to literally Jesus's tomb. It's closed. Y'all can't get in here. I said, they said that to the same folk in the Bible. That is closed. It's just not closed, closed. <laughs> so I'm going to come back up here. And so we come, we come the next day. The sun is right. It looked like something out of a movie. Like, you know, Jesus was gone. We already know how the story ends. But <laughs> the sun was rising and God was like, there is nothing off limits to you. Like, there's nothing you can't have. And it was, so that's why I got the paintbrush here. That reminds me that I could paint my reality, that everything I touch is my canvas, like everything, person, per, per thing or whatever. And so we all went and got tattoos. So this one says creator in English, but it also has a cross to remind me that I left it all on the cross. Like everything that I'm struggling with, I left it there. And then this one is um, she is a creator in Hebrew to remind me of my trip to Israel that I manifested even that moment. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that also when I gave that painting to Clark Atlanta's president, I was turning 40 that year. And I said, man, I would love to go out of the country. They were headed to Ghana a few weeks after that. And they invited me to go free of charge. So I also manifested a trip to Ghana that same year. Don't nobody, don't nobody take me nowhere. Don't nobody give me no opportunity. But have you, have you asked God for that? Uh, have you but no. <laughs> Let me think. Have you really asked God for that though? Let me think. Have I not made a I have a globe on my phone to remind me that the world is like not my limitation. Mm -hmm. Like But I mean the things that's, that are that's, happening in But your that's life. for me though. Like that, that's why I tell people like that's a me thing. So like yesterday we were on the rooftop and when it was time for me to take pictures, there was something flying all around. I was like, what is this bug? A ladybug shows up and is in all of my pictures. And that's two things that I always look for. The number 11, well, three things. Number 11, a red cardinal and a ladybug. And she showed up in my picture and was in all of the background of my pictures. And I was like, hey, God. My sister's like, only you. Everybody's <laughs> always like, only you would have this. And you have to feel like you're so special that God does stuff only for you. Mm. Like, I'm that I'm that drunk on God's, like, grace. Like, I'm just like, this is only for me. Like, a parking space shows up at Ross. This is only my parking space. It's only for me. A size seven. It's only for me. You know, and you have to be so like delusional to feel like God is only doing it for you because then it will only happen for you. So tell me about this 11 thing you referred to. 11. Yes. Tell me about it. So my birthday's May 11th. I was born at 1101 in room 1101. Um, and 11s have followed me all of my life. And so I think everybody should pick a number. Like, no, 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 no. Listen. Because when you are looking for signs that only you can understand, it usually shows up in a number. So like 919 or 422, like it, it doesn't even matter if it means nothing to nobody else. It just happened 11 is pretty popular for people. And so it just speaks to me. Like, oh, it so it's just, not like a, it's, there's not like a science tool. You're just saying, yo, this is no, my number. I like it. When no. I see it, that's my joint. No, there's a song by Luther Vandross about Superman. Mm -hmm. And it says that Superman can fly because I believe he can. That's just it. Like Superman, I ain't never seen him fly, but I believe he can fly, so Superman can fly. 11 is my number because it's magical because I believe that it's magical. I don't mm. care what nobody else say. I don't care what the dictionary say. I don't care what the naysayers say. It's my number.
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. So when it shows up, it means something to me. And that's why I think people need to find, like, it could be like if I see a glass bottle, that means something to me. You may see them all the time, but you have to find something that's very like between you and God. So if I see an 11, don't go down the street. If I see 11, go down the street. So whatever that agreement, silent agreement between you and God, that's your sign. Like I believe that signs are always showing up, but we have to put meaning to them so it means something to you. So when it shows up, so I remember literally we're leaving my dad's funeral. Of course, I'm distraught. I was the last person to hear him. I had to li listen to him die. So I'm like, I'm dealing with that. And a red bird just shows up. 
on the porch. I'm like, don't wanna, y'all see a red bird? They're like, what red bird? I'm like, y'all, the red bird. And God was like, that was for you. Wasn't nobody going to see it but you? And I was like, dang, this mm. is my thing. So for 13 years, red birds, ladybugs, and 11s have just been my thing. That was actually a dope explanation where it's just your thing. Like, and it's not like I have to be able to explain it. And then you may be lucky enough to find people that are your crazy kind of crazy too. Cause I, I was at the store. She said, girl, what you know about 11? I was like, what you know about 11? <laughs> what you know, about, like, so, what you know about 11? So we got the whole line of TJ Maxx <laughs> held up. Girl, and my thing was like, when I was on, uh, I was like, yeah, how much? You know, like we got to go. And so I $11. laugh about, I usually have it on my neck, but I didn't feel like doing all the jewelry. I got enough somewhere else to go, but I usually wear 1111 or, and then when I stopped wearing jewelry on 1114, cause 1111, I was busy. I got it on my hands. So it reminds me to pray every day at 1111. So it's on my hands. Hmm. I like your style, man. A lot of people do. <laughs> like, yo, literally, stuff just shows up because you expect it to show up. Just and like maybe, this. How many times have I texted you about this opportunity? A few times. Like over eleven. I was like, I was about to say, when I get big, David better not come calling me to do this interview because bigger. <laughs> I said, because I'm not texting you no more about this. No, it's yeah, no, it's uh. Mm-hmm. Just blame it on my head and not my heart. You like the baby? I got a new baby. I said, yeah, but I see you out in the street. So what oh, you for mean? sure. I know, but no, so you know, I so call you, know, you, you out. Know, you know, my biggest issue is if, like, say somebody texts me, like even Kay is my assistant. She'll text me if I don't have an immediate answer. You just let it linger. But you're Sagittarius. I forget. Mm-hmm. Let's not. Let's mm-hmm. not. <laughs> let's not. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> I have enjoyed this. Um, but yeah, if I don't have an immediate answer, like I don't have a date or something, yeah. it's like, I'm not ignoring it. It's just until I get an answer. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to reply back when I have an answer. And as a Taurus. But by that time, I forget. And as a Taurus, I'm not going to let stuff die. Good. And I think that's, that, that is my superpower when it comes to business. Because if I feel like something is mine, I am not going to stop emailing you. I'm, and I'm, I, I appreciate the fact that you didn't take it personally because no, because I, I know how it. life is, bro. It, yo, I, really I was your some... first episode. I was like, oh, he's oh, going to have me oh, back for on. Sure. I will go. I will go on live and be like, that's funny how he don't want <laughs> no, but no. And I and I and I always operate in grace too, right? Mm. Because what we see is only nine percent of what a person really is, ten percent mm. of what a person really is. Like people don't know that I was like when I left there, I was battling like an internal thing happening in my body and I didn't know. Really? And I was rushed to the hospital shortly after like our interview. So the whole time I was sick and didn't know it. I'm like, I'm getting skinny. I look good. And my doctor was like, no, this is not good. I was like, oh, okay. What was it? Nothing I'm going to talk about on camera. Are you over it? No. You still have it. Mm -hmm. Still battle it. Yep. Mm. Getting better though. Yeah, I'm better. Obviously I've gained my weight back, but I think during that time, I think I was just so excited about just manifesting. I'm doing all these things. My mom was like, you can't manifest and be your, your worst self and your best, best self at the same time. Mm. So God literally sat me down for like eight months. I was like sick, but I was still painting from the hospital bed. And I still was oh, wow. able to fly to the Oscars to do all the head wraps for all the celebrities. Did you do the Oscars? Fully medicated. Yeah, and I painted that from the hospital bed. Goodness gracious. Yep, in 2019. How would you teach an artist mm-hmm. how to make money? Because it seems like, obviously, you're good. Mm-hmm. You're good at it. And I think you're good because it's you. And I don't think you're comparing yourself to anybody. And, you can't. Yeah. 
I think because I don't see myself in, as an artist. I think that's the first thing. I see myself as a businesswoman and as an entrepreneur and as, a, like I said, a movement, right? So when no one buys my art, I don't take it personal because I have 20 other things that I'm selling too. Okay, you want an art, but you want a jacket? Want some shoes? You want a purse? You want a rug? You want it? So I've learned how to pivot. So let's talk about 2020, the dark ages, right, of mm-hmm. business, but the best time of my life. For sure. And so when I was in that cave in the house, I said, if I never sell another piece of art, what am I going to do? And so I had to take all these head wraps that were in the house that weren't selling and turn them into masks. And what I learned was that don't be offended. Wow. I had hundreds of head wraps I had to literally cut up and turn into masks to, wait, to make money because I wasn't able to go to festivals. Nobody wanted a head wrap. They wanted masks because everybody wanted to be cute. And so I learned <laughs> to not take it personal when business isn't going as well as I thought, right? Because it's not going to take anything away from me. And I think as artists is you're translating a language that God gave you onto canvas. So if nobody is buying it, that's okay because you're still being obedient to what God has spoken to you, right? And eventually somebody will walk into a studio and speak your language like, that speaks to me. I'm like, that's speaking to you? They're like, yeah. How much you going to willing to pay for that speaking to you, right? Mm. And so art is the only <laughs> art is the only thing that you can put a price point on and nobody can justify it except for you. That's a fact. So I could charge you a thousand dollars for the jacket, but I could also give you this jacket because I'm an artist. Yeah, you can't do that with real estate. You can't do it with jewelry because you have to have somebody appraise it. But as an artist, I could say, yeah, that bad, two grand, and not even blink. You like, but because you believe in me, believing that that's two grand, you'll pay two grand. Oh, break that. I want you to go a little deeper, though. You said because you believe that I believe yep. that that's worth two thousand. So because I believe that I am worth and my art is worthy of two grand. You believe in my belief. Like, wow, she really believes that this is two grand. I'm going to pay two grand for that because you're so, like, strongly connected to my story and my artistry. Because I ain't the best artist in the world. I ain't walk around here doing portraits. These are real nice. I probably can't do none of this. <laughs> but can't nobody do this like me. Yeah. Like, even the, a lot of brands come out with new stuff. That Oh, that look like you. People are all over the world. Somebody texts me from Portugal. It's like, yo, this looks like your stuff on the street. I'm like, it's not. But... I've ingrained this language so well that people are literally brainwashed to think it's mine, even when it's not. That's true. Anytime I see anything remote, you call me like, yo, somebody got, I was like, it's not mine. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Think about you, sis. Like, <laughs> you could be, but, but God gave me this language that I knew nothing about and everybody assumes it's me. So my marketing is already in people's psyche. Mm. So even when Marnie just came out with this new pattern, and Emilio Pucci came out with this new pattern yesterday that looks exactly like my work. Wow. People think it's me. They're like, oh, yeah, you level it up. I was like, yep, leveling up. That's not my work. You know? <laughs> but Is there any uh, legal? Go ahead, go ahead. No, it's, it's, you can't. No legal recourse? You can't. So I really just have to just trust God that my opportunities will keep coming because it looks so much like my stuff. But you can't. The only way I could copyright this is if I put a big logo in the middle of it and then Got I'm it. copywriting the logo on top of my art. But even that's like red tapey. Yeah. So I have to just trust that God gonna look out for me and I'll get what I'm supposed to get. So do you recommend that and I know you're not you don't identify as an artist. You're yeah. an artist. You are an I artist. Am, I am, I am. Okay. But I'm saying I don't look at my life as like, oh I'm an artist. Just an artist. Yeah. So you you don't you haven't taken on the identity of an artist. No, because I feel like it's such it, it's a dope opportunity, but it's a negative connotation too. Like, oh child, mm-hmm. you're an artist. I mean, for some, it's it's gotten cooler now. But the first thing, thing people, old school people say is starving artists. Yeah. 
that's like the ingrained like child you know she's struggling all this starving all this i said well honey that's not my confession so don't call me that call me melissa i don't even need to call <laughs> nothing else but that right and even my name itself means honeybee and a bee doesn't even know it's not supposed to be able to fly ergonomically they are in the, in nature they're supposed to be grounded because they're so heavy in the back but don't tell the bee, bee that because they'll be buzzing yeah. i mean you look at a bee it's so but like back heavy it's not supposed to be able to fly so i don't know that i'm only five two like i was like oh that's news to me y'all real tall <laughs> like, i guess i am like i don't realize until i walk into a room and see people that are much bigger but even when i get dressed i don't look at a five two woman in the mirror i look at melissa just as she is mm. and so just like the bee i'm not i don't know i'm not supposed to be in these rooms i just show up in them wow so it doesn't matter to me i'm like oh i'm not supposed to be like i literally i went to an event this weekend hung out with the omegas i'm laughing and talking one of the founders comes and sit at my booth. He's like, what's going on, beautiful? I was like, hey, what's going on? My friend's like, hey, you need to look for this guy named so-and-so. I said, oh, him? He's like, how the hell you get, how you sitting at your booth? I said, he just came and sat here. He's like, oh, you're good all weekend. You could walk right through. Came in, personally got me at the door and walked me in. My sister said, I said me and her both did our little, like, I told you. <laughs> and, but that's my life. And I, and I expect it to happen. Right, I don't go into like, well, how much? My friends like, how much tickets? I was like, I don't, I don't know what tickets cost. I don't know the link. I don't know what it costs. Not my problem. And it's not because there's a <laughs> cockiness. There is a confidence in knowing that God. Hey y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school, and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door. That way, no battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Eufy is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y dot com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, 
backdoor incredible. Okay, so search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash Video Lock. Will, like, take care of me, no matter what. And it's time to find out he knew my daddy 20 years ago. Yo, oh my gosh. Yo, I literally, okay, okay, so I maybe, I need, yeah. maybe I need to start expecting stuff. Yo, if the stuff that happens to you happened to me, I'd be like a bazillionaire. Because I really just got to work and grind and strategize and like make it happen and then it happens, right? I don't really get no opportunities like that. You know what I mean? But so I need to start it. expecting it. Like, I don't ever, like, when, like yesterday I got invited to an amazing Black Radiance event, da, 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 all of that. And I did a, I just did a random video. I, and, and again, one minute videos I can change your life. I doing mad videos. Huh? I be doing mad videos. But, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I take moments of just chronicling my, like, my denial. Like, girl, I wasn't invited to five events, but I was invited to one. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really, really maximizing where I am allowed to go, where mm -hmm. I am invited, Right. And I think in Atlanta specifically because we see so much stuff happening socially. Like, well, why David ain't calling me for that? David will call you for something else. Just let it go. Focus on what you have. And I think social media in general has just made us so, like, we're just in such a comparison age. Like, this prom stuff going on. And I'm like, I ain't doing that for my child. I probably will. But <laughs> it's also like, why, why does it matter? Like, how do we know her mom didn't struggle with cancer and, and pray for this moment for her to see her to go to prom? How do we know that her daddy didn't die and put in his will that he wanted her to have a bomb prompt? Like, you know, we don't know people's stories. Yeah. And I'm big on, worry about your own story. Mm. Like, I don't, I'm, I can't really worry about what other people have going on. Like, I, I purposely can't worry about it. How do you feel about polygamy? <laughs> it seems, let me just tell you, let me just tell you my assumption. It seems like you'd be with it. If I was with it, I wouldn't talk about it on camera. Because it's nobody's business. If you wasn't with it, you'd say, I'm not with it. So I, under I, the, no, I, under I, I understand. No, I understand it. Yeah, for At sure. 41, I understand it. I get it. I think different people bring different things into your life. I don't know if you need to be romantically involved with all of them. Yeah. But that is why married men get caught up with the secretary because she understands him emotionally. She, he may never sleep with her. But that emotional exchange might be enough for him to get through that job. Mm -hmm. So it becomes romantic because there's an emotional connection, right? Yeah. And so whatever that works for that. And I think society is so big on telling a business. Like, I don't have to know what y'all got going on. Mm -hmm. Why do I have to know you have three wives? I, that doesn't matter. Like, I, I, that's why I don't like to talk about my relationships on camera because it's going to be always that one ex. Well, you said... I wasn't even talking about you, sir. <laughs> well, nobody you, weren't even on the, you weren't even in the purview. <laughs> but people take everything so personal, right? So it's like, if it takes three different men and whatever I, I need to take it, then, then that's what it takes for me. But that's nobody's business. Yeah. Like It's nobody's business what kind of medicine I got to take to wake up and go to sleep. Uh, that I barely slept last night and my stomach is hurting right now. Like That's nobody's business, right? So it's like, why do we feel the obligation to share who we're interested in, what we do, what we eat. Like, girl, just get offline and live. Like, I think because we're in that age, people feel like, well, hey, y'all, I'm going live. I know y'all want to know about my skin routine. We don't want to know about your skin routine. <laughs> we like, don't. here's the thing. Some people do want to know about your skin routine. But, but then you get mad when we want to know about who that man is in the background. Mm. Then don't go live in your bedroom. Yeah. Go in the living room. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, no, you can't pick and choose. Once you open that door... Well, when, well, who the little boy by? Because he don't look like David. That ain't David, little boy. It's like, whoa, that ain't y'all business. So it's like, you can't pick and choose how you want to share your life when you share it so much. That's why I'm like, 
even though I don't have anything like salacious going on in my relationship, I purposely keep that door closed because that's nobody's business. And even like on social, I want y'all to think I'm single. Like I post up I love every day because I think love is a beautiful thing as an artist. It's inspirational. I love seeing pregnant people. I love seeing old folks in love. I like seeing folk open door because I'm a hopeless romantic and I'll never see my dad get old. I'll never see my grandma experience that my grandpa. So that for me, it's not because I'm like, oh, she just so in love with love. I love seeing love grow old. So that's why I'm always like, oh, my God, y'all, y'all so cute. You know, mm-hmm. I'm excited about seeing people grow old together because my mom doesn't have a boyfriend or a husband, right? And now she became a widow at 47, 48. I'm mm. 41. I ain't been married yet. So imagine becoming a widow at 40. You know, so I think about that all the time. So when you look at love online, you really need to just mind your business. You can't, though. You, One, you need to. your story of being with someone would be inspirational, right? There okay. are some people that they have a particular agenda, like, I'm seeing more people going hard with the poly message, which... It's been going on for a long time. It has, but there are some people that take it upon themselves to bring awareness because they might look at someone like me and say, well, that person's closed-minded, they're asleep. I, I feel the need to bring light to this thing that everybody thinks about, but nobody's willing to actually... You don't, you don't, you don't do it because... It's taboo, and they feel like the freedom fighter for that. Yeah, and, and, and again, I think everybody is given a task mm-hmm. in the world, right? My message is of hope, of art, being loud, being colorful, being purpose-driven. That's not my ministry. Yeah, for That's sure. not what I've been... That when, when God pulled out my scroll on May 11, 1982, polygamy wasn't on the list. That's not, mm-hmm. my, like, that's not my thing. But if it just so happened to be something I get into, that's nobody's business. Because mm-hmm. I am, again, a Taurus. I'm very big on boundaries, like, well, I'm coming by your house. Who house? <laughs> I will watch you on my ring camera and be in the bed because you did not call. Like, I don't like, because when I'm home and I'm in there with my plants and painting, like, it's my sanctuary. Like, I, I have never had a housewarming because I'm very big on my space. So, you know, those kind of conversations just are difficult for me because I don't, that's like my house. My love is like, even when I talk about my dad, it's, I barely can listen to his voice on because my dad used to do podcasts in the garage, in the oh, basement. Wow. And he died right before, you know, everything took off. So it's even hard for me to even open up to talk about that. So like I, 13 years later, I'm finally able to say it out loud. But it's like, that's none of your business. Yeah. You know, I don't go about talking my grief on a national platform because I'm still very tender when it comes to that. When I talk about being sick, because I'm not. It's what they told me, but it's not what I am. I don't identify with it. Yeah. You know, relationships is something that is a very tender topic for a successful woman. And I think that we have to be careful about what we say on these mics because that sound bite could end up messing up the rest of our lives. You know, like, ooh, I believe that men should do this. That'd be the only sound bite they take from yeah. this whole podcast. They miss me talking about manifesting. They miss me talking about the Lord. <laughs> girl, she don't like no man because he, he sweep at the front and she did da, 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 da. I'm like, girl, I don't care who you date. Like, make it work. Yeah. And if we were to talk about that certain thing that went viral um, about who to date and how to date, if you dating for energy and frequency, if that person ended up in your in your purview, in your you know in your p- pathway, then that's who God wants you to be with. If you truly believe that what God sends to you is what God sends to you, then whether that man is a bus driver mm-hmm. or a CEO or whatever he is, then that's that's your assignment, mm-hmm. and that's between you and God. That that doesn't have to be a public thing either. How do you know if the frequency or the energy is not just a little vibe? You met somebody, it's a vibe. Well, you a little vibe. I mean, but that's, that's a risk you're willing me, to take. But, yeah. That's a ri- And I think, 
you're human, right? Yeah. I think you need to have human experiences. Yeah. Because if you look at relationships as like, I think about the alchemists all the time. Everybody is bringing us something. Even our friendship brought us obviously something, yeah. right? But it wasn't romantic. But that doesn't mean you throw away the friendship, yeah. right? So I meet you. We having a vibe. You're married. That's cool. But your son might be somebody, you know, so you're thinking about connecting. Like we're all one big part of like a connected dots, like one big board. Everybody is a connected dot board. So if you look at it like that, if it work out cool, if it doesn't, that's cool too. Good, good. In your um, your business dealings, yes. What's one thing that you struggle with? Um, sometimes setting my price. Really? Yeah, because I I still see myself sometimes as that little girl, and little girl as in like a twenty thirty year old painting in my mother's house. So I sometimes see myself as a twenty dollar painter. You know, because I'm like, wow, y'all really paying five grand for this? Like, dang, like, it feel like I'm getting over. But I put 10 years into it. I deserved 50, uh, 50 to $20,000 per uh, per thing, you know. Um, so I think setting the price and asking before I set my price what the budget is. Am I am I doing too much? And it's like that. It's like when you come to when it comes to money, I don't know why we well, maybe me. I'm always like fifty dollars, a hundred, a thousand. Like, you know, I'm always kind of timid when it comes to dollars. But now, I mean, it, it it varies. But I think sometimes money is always like the tender part of my conversations. He said you don't have a manager. You do everything no. yourself. Yep. Everything's come to me. And I and I say that very confidently that God is my publicist and my manager. And I probably need a manager. I mean, I've looked at like three or four different people. It just hasn't been the right situation. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't have a manager. <laughs> I wish... You're my manager. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> Yo, and actually, I would be an amazing manager. And I, I say it all the time, fam. But you got too much stuff going on. What? Yeah, uh, and I need yeah. to be the focus of everything. I would be a better I would be a better manager than a talent. And I am kind of like the talent. Like I would be an and that's amazing me too. Yeah. Like CFO. Yeah. Because you, you have a man? good eagle's eye of stuff. Yes. But but I, I think I would be able to like take something. And just amplify it. But yeah. right now, I'm the person who thinks of it, dreams it up, dreams it up, you takes cook, it. You the manager, the sweep. Yeah, you do it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would I would have managed you, though. Because it's just an easy job. They're going to call it. They're going to call it you anyway. You know well, see, I mean? And that's my struggle with management <laughs> because I'm getting these deals anyway. Yeah. I need someone that has eyes behind my back that I don't yeah. see things. So really, it's more like a protection. Mm. And a person that forces people's hands, but then also... If we get a hundred grand, you taking a lot for just talking. You get twenty percent, but I know that. So I struggle with the yeah. if I got a hundred thousand dollars deal from me just talking, and now my manager gets that automatically, or how we going you know, how do we do that? So the DMs are open for a man and a manager. Right uh, now. I'm not looking for that kind of solicitation. Not looking for it, but it's open. I don't want no man DMing me. But if they do, you'll look at the profile. Yeah, and eighty percent of the time it hasn't been good. But that twenty though. Yeah, and that, that's how I found. Yeah, well, but yeah, I need that, it. That's, <laughs> that's why you do what to do it, don't it? Just enough. Just enough to keep the flies off you. But what yeah, is, speaking is, of social media, um, I do answer my DMs. Mm. I do. Um, because like even this morning, that random video I did one minute on the rooftop of the event, someone's like, I burst out crying because I'm struggling with that right now. Mm. And so when God gives you a message, deliver it. Like it's somebody's life is dependent on that. And I... I don't take that lightly, right? Especially entrepreneurially, people are struggling because you see so many wins online and you're like, well, dang, I do the same thing or how is it not, you know, it's not fair. And it's like, 
life isn't fair, but it's also just. When it's your time, it's your time. And I've had to watch people that had no talent win before me. But I've seen a lot of people with talent win too. Mm. So I'm like, well, when I fall, when my wins come, I don't want nobody to feel a certain kind of way because that's why I try to chronicle my lows as much as my highs. So, you know, when these wins come, these tears are not constructed for this post. This is like yeah. a real thing. So if you go back to my post all the way from uh, September 20th, 2018, the same genuine pureness, hunger. I'm still hungry like I was when I first started painting on the carpet yeah. in my mother's house. Goodness. I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you. I am really, really proud of you. Thank you. Just uh, a lot of people can't sustain yeah. growth or sustain your success. And um, it's always, it's also a beautiful story to see, you know, I had this vision or this idea. And I think our first event was the little, I can't, this was the illest idea. I need to do it again. Remember our first event? Yeah, we painted, I painted on yeah. the stage. Yeah. So I had this concept where, um, like you could submit your logos and Melissa taught everyone how to paint their logo. It was like a stencil. So we got everybody's logos uh, cut out and you put it on. Like the a CEO floor. paint yeah. and sip. That joint was hard. I need to bring that back. Yeah. Because I think when you, especially as a business owner, when you write things down, when you paint things down, they become very real and they come to life and they come into color. Yeah. And I think color for me has transformed my life because I dreamed in color all while I was little. And I'd be like, oh, you didn't see the green? You know, it's because a lot of people don't dream in color. Yeah. I've always dreamed in color. Even when I hear music, I see colors. And so once I realized that I was a special person when it comes to color, I had to lean into that. I was working out, AirPods in, you know, they'd be trying to flirt. He's like, I see your nails. I'm like, what? He's like, your nails always match your leggings. I said, no, my leggings always match my nails. Like he was, mm. but people notice things that you don't even realize. Like even when I did my Toyota commercial, I got my nails to match the exact color of the car. And the producer was like, how did you do that? I said, I was intentional. I took the picture of the car to my nail tech. So now that was additional branding that another person wouldn't have thought, thoughtfully done. Mm. But because I, I rock with color the way I do, it's a language that speaks to everybody. Mm. So no matter if you're, I mean, it was a little girl staring at me. She said, she don't never talk to nobody. Pacify out. She looking at the basket like she probably thought I was a clown, but it's fine. But she was like, <laughs> she's like, hi. I was like, hey, Pooh, you know. But I had on so many colors, she couldn't miss me, but it was almost like it was a calming effect. Yeah. So colors speak to everybody. What's your last question? What are what's your sister circle like? You got friends? I do have friends. A lot. I do. Not that you have friends, but like I don't know, I do. Like a like a core a folks. Core group. I have several sets of friends. For several different reasons. and But I withdraw from 90% of them all the time. Because I just have to keep my... Because I don't want to hear about dating. I don't want to hear about excuses. I don't want to hear about... You know, it's good to have that. But as an artist that speaks spiritually, I have to be very, very clear about my energy. So I'm very silent and alone a lot. Some of them got like whole energy, don't they? It's not even that. I just think that people, are, people don't know anything other than the vocalized stuff, right? So it's like people speak it out. And I'm a sponge. I'm an empath. So I'm like, oh, my God, David is so sad. I got to go deal with that. Like, so I'm now, now I'm pulled yeah. into whatever you have going on. And I love, 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 love my friends. So you feel it when someone's I feel Like, I'm, I'm immediately, I'm crying when somebody's like, what did he do? I said, oh, we finished. I said, no, I got to finish this. I got to finish this painting. But when I get off this phone, we going three-way. We go, you know, so I'm a me, and I'm an action person. Mm -hmm. Don't call me complaining if you're not trying to do something. Like, my sister wanted to transform her house for a few months. I was like, when you going to buy the stuff for the closet? So Monday, I put on me a jogger suit. I said, I'm picking you up. We're going to Target. 
We all the way in Cartersville. We went all the way. Like, we went to four oh, different yeah. targets. I said, no, we're doing it today because I think because I saw my father die the way he did, I look at time as quick. Wow. Like, I was just talking to him. Yeah. Dad, what y'all mean? Like, no, he was, I said, no, he just had a smoothie. He's fine. They're like, no, you need to call everybody you know. I said, what? I was just talking to this. What do you mean? Like, time is, yeah. you know? And so when I think about time, we just cannot be wasting it. Like, I just don't have time to waste. Like, y'all are wasting my time. So I, with dating, what? It's just a waste of time. Yeah. Nice guy. Somebody will love you. I can't do it. Drive around the next window. <laughs> you know? And so you got, it's about life is like a whole big game of speed dating, but like with opportunities. You got to just jump and move and like, all right, next. I like you. Let me get your cell phone number. Don't leave. Okay, cool. <laughs> you don't leave. You know, I like this brand. Because even brands, you know, right after the George Floyd era, all these brands were, you know, your black girl. Black girl said, no, you're just trying to put a Band-Aid on y'all raggedy business. And But only, but again, <laughs> the good stuff stuck. The good company stuck around. They're still rocking with and I think the biggest thing, too, was putting the right people in position, mm -hmm. right? These companies, they weren't just trying to give black opportunities. They were putting black leadership yeah. for people. And those are the companies that stuck, you know, and that the opportunities. Like, I just had a partnership with Coach, and I have such a great relationship with the manager. Yeah, I'm about to have my own coach bag. Is that the bag? Is that the That's, bag? Is that what it's going to look like? No, that was a prototype that I did for myself that I bought myself and showed them. And they're like, oh, we want to do that. Oh, wow. So I bought that on Faith and painted it and took it to the store. You took it to the store? Yes. And said what? That we need to do these. So they so they reached out to me blindly on social. I'm on, on, they emailed me. Hey, we have an in-store opportunity. You know, this this is, at this point, this is my fifth time doing it as of last week. Mm -hmm. um, wow. they, we don't really know how well this will do. Let's just try it out. So I went and bought my own coach bags and painted them. And brought them with me to the store. They're like, well, where is this from? I was like, oh, you know, just bought it. You know, mm -hmm. this whole thing, right? And they're like, this is so amazing. So I'm on social kind of creating my own buzz. All the slots filled up like in like in 30 minutes. All the people wanted to come get these purses painted. Wow. Because I painted it and put it on social. And now, literally, when I went last week, they had no, no, uh, no, no walk-ins were available because everybody called in to get an appointment. And so now we're like, how can we make this a national thing? So now we're in talks to do more. But because I had the faith to paint my own bag mm -hmm. and to build a relationship and to, to be, you know, transparent, like, you know, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And the brand itself has just like ballooned into like a, a another behemoth, like gotten cool with the marketing manager. But relationships are how I've sustained myself. Yeah. I'm here because of relationship, not because of anything else. Right. Yeah. And so I build relationships with people in leadership, not just with the brand. Yeah. It's the people that are at the brands. Amazing. Thank you for a round of applause. This is amazing. Melissa, um, thank you for coming back. And this is a real, uh, this is a real moment for me too, because I'm, I'm taken back to when we did the interview and I didn't see I didn't see all of this. Well, I wasn't even thinking podcasts, or I wasn't like thinking. No, we were just trying to sell out tickets to the conference, right? And that That's was true. it. So and I you were in an empty warehouse. It was like an emptyish. The mics yep. weren't working right. Yep. We had it took about twenty minutes to get started. Oh, like, hold on, man. let me see it because you were the te technician. Come on, man, tell them. Going to the back. Tell them. You like, hold on, this your mic on. I don't really think it worked, David. Can you hear me? Tell them. We we'll just share this one mic. Man. Yeah. It was literally like. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we had like uh, lapel mics yeah. at that point, and it was um, 
yeah, this is a there's a moment for me to see, you know, what is possible. And maybe the podcast blew up because you were first and that's a part of your numbers. I, I really 11. think it's true. Because okay. no. So like when I bought my mom the car, let's say it was twenty, thirty thousand, right? Just hypothetically. The first deal I landed in the new year was almost the exact amount of the car. Mm-hmm. The like in January. Bought the car in December. So when you sew on good ground, you will never have to worry about anything. Like you believed in me and I believed in you. And that was like early, right? And when you believe in something at the inception with no strings attached, anything that happens after that moment is going to be great. Like God will blow your mind from the beginning when you just believe. It's like when you have a baby, like, I don't know what this baby going to be. It might be Martin. It might be Malcolm. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Or it might be Melissa, right? It's like you just blindly pour into something. And my favorite plant that I have is a bamboo. Mm -hmm. And watering this thing, you know, putting the soil on it, trying to trust God that it's going to grow. Nothing's happening for years. And then it shoots up six feet seemingly overnight. But nobody saw the four years of me putting dirt on it, watering it, putting the pebbles around it, talking to it, playing jazz. Like, all right, you're going to grow for mama. All right. And then you come home. What in the heck? Like, it's hitting the light. It's like, oh, my God. Wow. The bamboo grows out of nowhere. And so my life is a bamboo. Like, I believe that I am a bamboo. Like, that's if I had to be a plant, that's what I would be. Because for so many years, people didn't see what I saw. People didn't see what we saw. Yeah. 2018, they said, child, he doing a little podcast. He don't want to go home to his family. <laughs> he trying to do it. She paint because she don't want to deal with not dating. And now look at us on billboards. Yeah. Look at us on conferences. Look at us with families, you know, yeah. choosing how we want happiness to look like. Yeah. Um, because we believed in our bamboo. We believed in that seed early. And so I believe that this is yet only the beginning. We're going to be oak trees um, from acorns and God will just continue to grow. And five years from now, we'll have even more kids running around the studio. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) We'll have even more bands with our faces on them outside. (laughs) Um, And we'll be able to show people not only what money can do, but what God can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With one belief. Man, thank you. Man, do do me a favor. Please let everybody know how they can uh, contact you, how they can support you. Yes. Um, you know, um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then close us out with a word of wisdom. You okay. Gave, you gave us mad wisdom. Okay, like word of prayer. Everybody here. Um, <laughs> you can reach me very easily. I'm very Googleable. I say that confidently. There are several pages, but it's Melissa A. Mitchell. And my social is ABL Creations. It's A-B-E-I-L-L-E Creations. And... That's about it. And I think the word of wisdom for me would be to start and to keep going. And whatever's supposed to stick will stick. And whatever's not supposed to stick will fall off. Mm. Listen, can't close it on no better than that, man. <laughs> Do yourself a favor, man. Go support Melissa. Uh, get some art, okay? Get some apparel yes. uh, support because she yes. is uh, an extremely genuine person. And everything she does comes from a very genuine place. Uh, she's never been a, a money hungry, money grab. Like I'm doing this for, you know, some sort of cloud or rep- recognition. I know that she really, really does all that she does because she loves it. If it don't feel right, she ain't going to do it. So Period. make sure you support. Um, and also do yourself a favor. Go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. But it's your obligation to come back to the community and teach them how you did what you did. It's the only way our community grows. All right. We out of here. Peace. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now.
It's time to stop running your business like a hustler, like just somebody that's trying to go get some money and run your business like an actual business owner. You know how that happens? Your business hires you. Even though you started the business, the business hires you and you put yourself on payroll. And that business has payroll for other people. Now, those other people might be your spouse. It could be your kids. I pay my daughter $12,000 a year because that $12,000 that I pay my child isn't taxed. So that money is either going to go to your child or it's going to go to the government. You decide. I'd rather keep it in my house. My wife is on payroll. You need to run your business like a business owner. Most of you are taking money from your business and you take that money and you pay your house loan, you pay your rent, you pay your car. For one, that kind of stuff will land you in jail. But two, you want to grow and lay a strong foundation for your business to grow on, okay? So go to adp.com forward slash social proof. When I signed up for ADP to get this process going, I had to pay $250 for administration, setup fee, all these costs. I talked to my ADP sales rep and they said they will waive it for you if you go to adp.com forward slash social proof, meaning you can start this process for free. Absolutely free. No catches, no hooks. Go to adp.com forward slash social proof. Now is the time to run your business like an actual business owner. I am on ADP. I do the same thing and it helps my books by tax time. I'm not behind. I'm not trying to get everything because in the process of them making the payroll, they take out the taxes, they structure everything. And at the end of the year, voila, you give that information to your CPA. Okay. Go to adp.com forward slash social proof. One more time, adp.com forward slash social proof. Set it up for free. Let's go.